This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns right here on radio.com. I'm Jason Lockenfora. As always, it is my pleasure to be riding shotgun alongside the man, Mr. Brian Baldinger. You can follow us both on Twitter. At Baldy NFL. I think you know whose Twitter that is. And at Jason Lock and Fora for me. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We will be coming to you guys every Wednesday, as I think you know by this point, breaking down everything going on in the world of the NFL. And we're transitioning from training camps to the regular season schedule. Uh, The media is about to be pretty much shut out of practices by and large around the league, unless you, you count, you know, special teams guys stretching as getting to watch practice. But Baldy, um, I know you got a chance to check in on the New York Jets before they shuttered things, and we definitely want to talk about football and the Big Apple and a lot of the running back situations going on around the league as well. But we might as well start with the Jets. You were able to put eyes on them. Obviously, everyone's wondering about Le'Veon Bell's role there. Um, Adam Gase and 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 uh, what looks like it could be something of a make-or-break year for him. Any uh, firsthand impressions you had, Baldy, from watching those guys work? Um, it was a good day of work today. They were in full pads. Uh, they, uh, they scrimmaged a little bit. It was some good, you know, live contact. You know, I'm actually tackling Le'Veon to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets were without their two starting guards in today's practice. So kind of backup guards in there. Um, but, you know, just watching a guy like Mekhi Becton work, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's really going to be a good player. I mean, he practices the right way. Uh, he's got great movement. Uh, it's going to be a tough start going up against Buffalo and then San Francisco back-to-back weeks without really seeing, you know, those type of players, Jerry Hughes, uh, Nick Bose, not seeing those type right. of caliber yeah. players in practice. You know, he's, but I, I don't get the feeling, nor does Joe Douglas or Adam Gates, I don't get the feeling that if he gets beat, if if he's looking back, that it's going to it's gonna put him in a tailspin. I, I don't think he's wired like that. Uh, it, was, it was good. You know, I know a lot of people were – you know, kind of picking up on Levy and Bell saying one thing and Adam Gay saying another. You, you know, in practice, they're they're joking around with each other. They talk throughout practice. They communicate throughout practice. Um, I just know in talking to Adam Gase over the last two years, Jason, he would love for Levy and to have a role like Marshall Falk had with mm-hmm. the Rams, where he's a real receiver, running real receiver routes, not just out of the backfield, but lining up and because he is a good route runner. Bill Belichick has, you know, basically commended him on how he runs routes. So they need receivers. I mean, their two yeah. best receivers 
aren't practicing. Denzel Mims, who was actually in pads for the first time today. Uh, Brashad Perriman, who you know from Baltimore, yep. finished strong in Tampa. He's banged up right now. So it's it's going to be a challenge, a work in progress to get these guys into any kind of flow or chemistry with Sam Darnold right now. Well, And you led me right where I was going to go, Baldy, because I, I, I mean, there's a couple of these quarterback situations, and this is one of them where if the cast around them is as bleak as it looks, and, and Brashad Perriman's troubles have been twofold. It's been availability, and then yep. especially early in his career, it's been consistency, too many drops, too many mm-hmm. times the ball hits his hand and then ends up in the other team's hands or on the ground. Um, and, you know, Mims, what is that learning curve going to be for a rookie wide receiver in the first place in general in a normal year, let alone a, a truncated year, and now a truncated year in which he didn't even get to take part in all 14 of the practices. You mentioned the offensive line um, being a bit of a hodgepodge right now, and, and they're not sure what they have there. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, should he fit their offense? Yeah, but he hasn't to this point. Like, how do you even – this is year three. It's supposed to be the pivotal sort of make-or-break evaluating year but if this is what Sam Darnold's with, and the defense I don't think is that good either, and these games are are, are disproportionately in the other team's direction, Baldy, I, I just wonder how much more we're really going to learn about Sam Darnold if this is the, the hand he's been dealt. Well, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations where, and we've seen it with other quarterbacks drafted high, Jason, where you're, you're caught in the cracks of a, Coaching change, mm-hmm. general manager change, philosophy change, and everything just keeps changing. And then you lose a guy like Jamal Adams. You lose C.J. Mosley to, to the COVID-19. I mean, you lose you know real pillars that you're trying to build a defense upon, knowing full well that they were going to be challenged at corner and wide receiver, and then you're without two wide receivers for much of training camp. It, you know, I mean, it's just going to be hard to evaluate Sam. I remember watching him his rookie year, Jason, when he, he went up into Chicago against the Bears. They were they led the league in takeaways yeah. that year. And, you know, I mean, Vic Fangio, yep. or, or, he just had a monster year, Khalil Mack. And they literally, the receivers they had on the roster were all hurt. And he was throwing to literally practice squad guys right. and guys off the street at that point. And that was halfway through the season. And it seems like, it's been like you described going back to 2018. It's been like that nonstop. And, you know, this is in some cases like a Patrick Mahomes this year, Deshaun Watson, probably pretty soon. A lot of these teams are making these decisions on these oh, quarterbacks yeah. in their third years. Yeah. And you can't, it's just, it's, it's a complete incomplete at this point. And I don't, I don't have any high expectations for how the jets are going to start this season against Buffalo and San Francisco Two thing, two teams that, I mean, everybody feels are playoff teams. I, to, if they're off to an zero and two start, and Denzel Mims is just getting onto the field, and they're just getting him up to full speed, I mean, it's you can't you can't play catch up in this league uh, during the season. You just can't. There's just, I mean, Bill Parcells used to say it all the time, Jason, and I know it's not like this when Bill coached, but you would have as many padded practices in preseason back in those golden years yeah. that you would have the rest of the season combined. Right. And, and and not that you, you, you it's like that anymore, but the, the emphasis is between the walkthroughs, the practices, the meeting time, you meet and do that more in a, you know, in a condensed month period than you probably will the rest of the season combined right now. Well, we'll transition to the giants in a minute, but we'll, 
finally with the Jets, Baldy, that that does make me think that maybe, just maybe, given that landscape we've laid out, that they, if you're in this situation where the the pass pro might be a little shaky and guys haven't had time to gel and you don't know how many receivers you can trust, why wouldn't you throw the ball 12 times a game to Le'Veon Bell? You know what I mean? Like, get him out in space, get him in a matchup, see if he can beat a linebacker and pick up a first down. Like, I keep it simple, stupid, right? Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get – if you look at, say, just Christian McCaffrey, he was on a terrible team last year. You know, he had a phenomenal year. He, yes. he never gets hurt. He never gets tired. He caught over 100 passes last year. I mean, you can throw it to these guys. They're not going to change the game. It's not going to change wins and losses in my mind. You, you know, Levy is capable of catching 100 passes. I don't know, unless you can pick up chunk plays, you know, with any regularity – um, that you can really – are you going to score that many more points? I mean, they, they had Kyle Allen last year, you know, coming in as basically a first-year quarterback. I mean, he, he checked it down to – you know, he checked it down to Christian McCaffrey, caught a ton of passes underneath. They let him catch it. They tackled him. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, they, they end up picking really high in the draft as a result. So, I mean, yeah, you can throw it to him 12 times. I don't know that it's going to change the outcome of these games. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a long year for the Jets. And look, I think it's going to be a long year for the Giants as well. They have been in the news a little bit this past week. Uh, bringing in Logan Ryan, I, th- I think Logan Ryan's a good player. Um, I-, I think Logan Ryan would be the kind of guy who would really help a winning team. If, if you're a competitive team and you've got a pretty good secondary and you're looking for one more guy, I get it. I'm just not sure given how bleak things are there, Baldy. Um, you know, where they lose McKinney and they didn't have a great cast to begin with. I'm not sure how much one man's going to make a difference. Although, hey, if you, you know, you want to spend some money and try to well, get better, I'm all for it. But I, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. But here's what I don't understand, Jason. I'm all for them signing Logan Ryans. He's better than what they have on the roster. Right. Probably He's probably their number one core. Yeah. Um, but, you know, James Bradbury, I think, is a number two. He, he was his own corner in Carolina. I mean, I, I know what Patrick Graham wants to do. I don't think he has the players to do what they did in New England. Mm-hmm. You know? but, but, but that being said, you knew that once DeAndre Baker's troubles blew up and once Sam Beal um, you know, isn't coming back, like they needed a corner. Like Why did they wait this long right. to go get a corner? You know you had Corey Ballantyne. You, know, you had a couple players there, but they, they needed a corner. Why would you wait until your training camp is over to sign him. Like, what were they waiting for? I I mean, get him. They should have gotten him in there as soon as they knew DeAndre Baker and Beal weren't going to be right. there. Right. Especially with such a limited amount of time to to ramp up for the season. No, I'm 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 totally with you there, Baldy. Um, we talked a little bit about rookie head coach Joe Judge when we did our NFC previews, and I think we were on the same page then. I I, I do have to chuckle a little bit. Baldy for a guy who is all about the team first ethos and no names on the back of the jerseys and all that. He certainly has become the face of the franchise. The tabloids can't get enough of him. Um, he makes for good fodder. They're practicing in the mud. You know, it's yeah. just, it's a little ironic to me where like, it's supposed to be all about team versus individual. It, it seems like the narratives have all become Joe judge, Joe judge, Joe judge. And it's in part because Joe judge keeps doing things that naturally the media are going to pick up on. Well, um, I think there's there's you, there's your point that you just made, Jason, about you know is it all about team? And then there's 
you know what? Let's just have one voice. Let's have one voices. I mean, I haven't heard Dave Gettleman. Maybe you have. I haven't no, heard true. Dave right. Gettleman this entire time. I, I've heard from Joe Judge. I haven't really heard from Jason Garrett. I mean, or Patrick Graham. I hear him on the practice field. But I, I kind of, you know, these guys all want to be, I'm not saying he wants to be Bill Belichick. But, you know, if you've been around Nick and you've been around Bill, uh, Nick Saban and yep. Bill Belichick, you have, you've seen organizations with one voice and one voice only. And I, I just think he believes in that, and that's what you're going to get from the Giants. And if he plays a little bit with the media and he gives them a little bit, then and he keeps them satiated and a little bit happy, then he'll think like he can just keep them at arms bay and we can just get to right. work. So I think that's the philosophy right now. Yeah, I, I will be very interested to see how many wins these two teams combine for. There's probably a parlay or some kind of exotic <laughs> teaser out there in Vegas about yeah. number of wins from the two Big Apple teams. I think the team in Western New York will be just fine. I I, I wonder about the other two. Well, Baldy, yeah, what was, a- was it when they played last year, Jason? I don't have it in front of me, but what was the combined record when the Jets and Giants played a year ago? Couldn't have been, they were like the, yeah. into the ninth yeah. or tenth week of the season. Yeah. And I think both teams had abysmal records. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they've they've both got a ways to go. Um, it's funny, Baldy, we're, we're at an era in the evolution of the modern passing game where running backs are largely uh, considered a dime or dozen. Yet, man, I feel like I've been writing and talking a lot about running backs. This week, we, we, we've had a, a flurry of activity from Leonard Fournette getting cut clearing waivers, and as we speak right now, not having a market. Uh, We've got Joe Mixon signing a a four-year, $48 million extension. And we've got uh, Alvin Kamara and the Saints in a bit of a, um, I don't know, a little game of chicken going on there, I guess. We'll start in Jacksonville. Um, I I don't know. I I feel like we could do a podcast every week on on Jacksonville and what's going on there. I get them moving on from them. I just don't know, Baldy, if it's all about trying to put these guys in a rearview mirror who have been problems, who have clashed with Tony Khan and clashed with Coughlin, who's not there anymore but seems to still get blamed for everything, and clashed with Marone. Like, if we want to move on and we're going to be a different organization now and we're going to be more player-friendly and we're going to try to end this BS, I don't know that the coach needs to come out at the press conference when they when they fired the guy talking about how we couldn't give him away. Like when he clears waivers, it's going to be obvious you couldn't give him away. I just don't know why you do that. And now you've got Jalen Ramsey and Ngakwe and and you know Fowler and all these guys who left on bad terms saying, "See, they did it to him too." I, I just yeah. can't figure him out, Baldy. Well, what I don't, what I can't figure out. I mean, I, I've known Doug Marone a long time. I personally like Doug. But nothing he said the other day made sense to me. No. I mean, I know what Doug's philosophy is. He wants to punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's what basically Leonard Fournette did for him last year on a bad team yeah. with a rookie quarterback. He, he had his best season. He started 15 games. He caught 75 passes last year. You know, fourth most by any running back in the league. He had his most productive season. Like, it's not like they have a – you know, a stable of backs that they can go to right now. They didn't get better because of this move. And so all it does is play into you know, the, the same thing that we've heard from all these other guys. Like this organization doesn't know what they're doing. Like to just give them away like that didn't make any They, they didn't get better. No. Don't tell me that Rock Armstead 
is is going to be better than you know Leonard Fournette right now or anybody else they have on that roster. They're not. And so I like I understand if if you could get value for Leonard Fournette, then and, and if there was a, a group of teams that were takers, then you might consider it like they got at least some value for for you know for Yannick Ngakwe. Um they, well they got a second and maybe a fifth and, and it yeah. could go higher, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, depending on Pro Bowl and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I think he was a third round pick. They they got more than what he came into the league for. So it wasn't like they gave him away, but you're giving Fournette away and you don't have his replacement on the roster. Like I just you know, to say Chris Thompson is a replacement, he's a third down back right. that it, that Jay Gruden trusts and knows, which yeah, is had fine. him in Washington, yeah. But you know, he's had trouble staying healthy every year in Washington. So yeah. I just don't see the move making any sense to me. Well, and, and they're acting like they're not tanking, and they're 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 really bristling at people bringing up the finances. But it certainly looks financial, right? Like it seems like rather than let him play a few weeks, maybe show well in this offense and try to get something for him as guys get hurt. They're trying to fire him for calls, keep the $4 million. They didn't, you know, and Gakwe, they never got close on. Uh, Ramsey didn't even want to entertain an extension there. It, it certainly seems like they're trying to strip it down to the threads, pocket as much as they can in a pandemic and see what 2020 brings. Um, I, I don't know any other way to read it, Baldy. Go look at what they're paying their offense. It's it's bare bones that the only two guys yeah. they're playing are offensive linemen who, if they could get anybody to, you know, if they could trade those guys for anything, they would just save money. I think they would do that too. I mean, but their yeah, skill Andrew position Norwell, group, it's a joke. Nor- Nor- Norwell was a big free agent yeah. signing from Carolina. He got a big check. Um, you know, but would it, look, you can say it's a philosophical thing. Jay Gruden just coached Adrian Peterson for two years. I mean, he was probably their best offensive player the last two years. With what with the injuries they had and the changes, he was probably the most dependable player. I mean, you, I, that he ran, you know, he, he sure looked fine in the offense that Jay Gruden was running. I mean, he couldn't keep anybody else healthy, but uh, you know, I, I I just don't know how what they did made any sense. You know, and, and I know they they owed Fournette four million dollars, but you're saving four million from what? Like, right? You're not they, paying they, anybody they anyway. Right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a bad look, and I, I'll just say it certainly has people in league circles wondering about what what really the end game is there. Because Shad Khan's made some comments recently about the lack of development at downtown Jacksonville, and not enough hotels, and not enough great restaurants, and that was before the pandemic. So I, I mean, look what's happened to the hotel and service industry since. I, I, I'd be fascinated to see what the long play ends up being. Well, he there. does have a. He does keep a yacht right there in the River Thames, doesn't he? Right. Uh, yeah, he, he owns Fulham, who are back in the Premiership, yeah. I believe, and up from the Championship. So that talk's not going to go any, away anytime soon. Fish and chips, mate. Uh, good news in Cincinnati. I, I, I look. I, I think Baldy that Joe Mixon has a chance to be the AFC's version of Christian McCaffrey. I think you know you have to look at all these situations for what they are, and I get not paying some backs sometimes, even special ones. But you look at that operation um, with how much they've got invested in that quarterback and with an offensive line that they're still very much a work in progress. Um, I I think Joe Mixon's going to be Joe Burrow's best friend for a couple of years as he gets his feet under him and as they add to that offensive line and protect him a little better. 
Uh, I think this guy is going to see a ton of the ball, even with even if an AJ Green is healthy and yada yada yada. Um, and, and to me, he was a foundational piece of their rebuild, and good for them for getting it done. Well, they, you know, obviously when they drafted him in that 2017 draft, that we're talking about all these backs from 2017, yeah. from Clement yeah. to McCaffrey to Kamara to Mixon. I mean, they had to take you know a real hit with the things that happened to him in Oklahoma. Yes. But, you know, they've gotten through that, and, and, and to his credit, uh, from the outside looking in, uh, he's been pretty much a model citizen. I've talked to him a couple times. He's a big, strong back. He's probably their best player. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from A.J. Green. Yeah. Uh, but he's probably their best player and most dependable player right now. And, look, I, you know, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess Carolina felt like they had to pay McCaffrey this year. Like, I, I would make it. If I was drafting running backs in the first round, Jason, I would not change their contracts until they played their fourth season. Right. Like, I yes. just wouldn't do it after a third year. As good as McCaffrey has been, he started 48 straight games from. As soon as, as good as he's been, as productive as he's been, I, at that position, I just wouldn't feel a need to pony up after the third season to pay these guys. I mean, that's why Kamara's, you know, basically sitting out and right. asking for more. He saw what McCaffrey's got. And I'm sure that Mix's agent went in there to Cincinnati as soon as McCaffrey got paid yes. and said, look what I'm doing on a, on a team that's, you know, probably on par with what Carolina is at right now. And so, you know, but but once one guy does it, it, it gives the, the, the agents, the other guys, a lot of leverage. But, I, but that being said, I think Cincinnati, if they can put this offensive line together finally, They've been trying to do it for four years between changing offensive line coaches, changing head coaches, changing systems. If they can put some of it together and give Mixon a little bit more than what he had a year ago, then I think they got a really, I mean, regardless, I think they have a good player. I mean, he he makes yards even when there's nothing there and he's tough as could be. And he's been pretty durable. And that brings us to the, I don't know, the dangling participle still in this conversation, which is New Orleans and and Alvin Kamara and how that gets worked out. Here's what I know of the situation as we see. This is not a guy they're marketing all over the place. This is not a guy they feel motivated to sell on or that they have to move on from. Um, However, Babe Ruth got traded. Wayne Gretzky got traded. You know, Odell Beckham got traded not that long ago. People do get traded and and no one is necessarily untouchable. And they've had a very productive run game there going back um, over mul- a multitude of backs. Uh, mm-hmm. And they feel like that, um, you know, when Latavius Murray's in there, they're all right. Like they, they not that he's Alvin Kamara, but with as much money as they have invested in that team, which is a very different scenario than the Bengals or the Panthers, when you're looking at asset allocation and spending and actual payroll dollars, you probably have to draw a line somewhere. And that line is between Mixon and McCaffrey. And I can understand the player saying, I want what Christian got. Um, He has every right to ask for that, but I don't see them going there. And if they can't split the difference here at some point, in the next few weeks, then could he be moved before the deadline? I guess so. Um, nah. I don't think it's highly likely, though, Baldy, given they're going to want significant return for him, a one-plus, and then the other team still has to pay him. Yeah, well, I think they the worked this I, out. but I, 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 I know how Sean Payton feels about Alvin Kamara. 
Like that draft changed the whole team. Sure. Like that draft with, you know, with Ryan Ramchek and, uh, you know, and Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, they went from three straight six and 10 seasons to being, you know, in the playoffs for three straight years. I mean, that draft changed the whole team. And there are days now Kamara was the first time he ever got banged up, but prior to last year, he basically averaged a touchdown a game, including the postseason. Uh, he was on record pace in that department. Uh, there, there are days when literally Sean Payton has Kamara and Michael Thomas line up on the same side, and nobody can figure out yeah. how one of those two guys isn't getting the ball. I mean, they go up and down the field just throwing it to those yeah. two guys. And I know how Sean Payton feels about Kamara. He's he's almost like, ha, 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 I got him and you don't. Right. Screw you. I found him. You know, because – but I think – If I was New Orleans, I'd say to him, look, Breeze is not going to be here next year. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns right here on radio.com. I'm Jason Lockenfora. As always, it is my pleasure to be riding shotgun alongside the man, Mr. Brian Baldinger. You can follow us both on Twitter at Baldy NFL. I think you know whose Twitter that is. And at Jason Lock and Fora for me, as always, please subscribe, rate and review Baldy's breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We will be coming to you guys every Wednesday, as I think, you know, by this point, breaking down everything going on in the world of the NFL. And we're transitioning from training camps to the regular season schedule. Uh, The media is about to be pretty much shut out of practices by and large around the league, unless you, you count, you know, special teams guys stretching as getting to watch practice. But Baldy, um, I know you got a chance to check in on the New York Jets before they shuttered things. And we definitely want to talk about football and the Big Apple and a lot of the running back situations going on around the league as well. But we might as well start with the Jets. You were able to put eyes on them. Obviously, everyone's wondering about Le'Veon Bell's role there. Um, Adam Gase and and, and uh, what looks like it could be something of a make or break year for him. Any uh, firsthand impressions you had, Baldy, from watching those guys work? Um, it was a good day of work today. They were in full pads. Uh, they, uh, they scrimmaged a little bit. It was some good, you know, live contact. You know, I'm actually tackling Le'Veon to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jets were without their two starting guards in today's practice. So kind of backup guards in there. Um, but, you know, just watching a guy like Mekhi Becton work, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's really going to be a good player. I mean, he practices the right way. Uh, he's got great movement. Uh, it's going to be a tough start going up against Buffalo and then San Francisco back-to-back weeks without really seeing, you know, those type of players, Jerry Hughes, uh, Nick Bose, not seeing those type right. of caliber yeah. players in practice. You know, he's, but I, I don't get the feeling, nor does Joe Douglas or Adam Gates, I don't get the feeling that if he gets beat, if if he's looking back, that it's going to it's gonna put him in a tailspin. I, I don't think he's wired like that. Uh, it was It was good. You know, I know a lot of people were – you know, kind of picking up on Levy and Bell saying one thing and Adam Gay saying another. You, you know, in practice, they're they're joking around with each other. They talk throughout practice. They communicate throughout practice. Um, I just know in talking to Adam Gase over the last two years, Jason, he would love for Levian to have a role like Marshall Falk had with mm-hmm. the Rams, where he's a real receiver, 
running real receiver routes, not just out of the backfield, but lining up because he is a good route runner. Bill Belichick has, you know, basically commended him on how he runs routes. So they need receivers. I mean, their two yeah. best receivers aren't practicing. Denzel Mims, who was actually in pads for the first time today. Uh, Brashad Perriman, who you know from Baltimore, yep. finished strong in Tampa. He's banged up right now. So it's it's going to be a challenge, a work in progress to get these guys into any kind of flow or chemistry with Sam Darnold right now. Well, And you led me right where I was going to go, Baldy, because I, I mean, there's a couple of these quarterback situations, and this is one of them where if the cast around them is as bleak as it looks, and and Brashad Perriman's troubles have been twofold. It's been availability, and then especially early in his career, it's been consistency, too many drops, too many Mm -hmm. times the ball hits his hand and then ends up in the other team's hands or on the ground. Um, And, you know, Mims, what is that learning curve going to be for a rookie wide receiver in the first place in general in a normal year, let alone a, a truncated year, and now a truncated year in which he didn't even get to take part in all 14 of the practices. You mentioned the offensive line um, being a bit of a hodgepodge right now, and, and they're not sure what they have there. Le'Veon Bell, I mean, should he fit their offense? Yeah, but he hasn't to this point. Like, how do you even – this is year three. It's supposed to be the pivotal sort of make-or-break evaluating year. But if this is what Sam Darnold's with, and the defense I don't think is that good either, and these games are are, are disproportionately in the other team's direction, Baldy, I, I just wonder – how much more we're really going to learn about Sam Darnold if this is the the hand he's been dealt? Well, you know, it, it, it's one of those situations where, and we've seen it with other quarterbacks drafted high, Jason, where you're you're caught in the cracks of a coaching change, mm-hmm. general manager change, philosophy change, and everything just keeps changing. And then you lose a guy like Jamal Adams. You lose C.J. Mosley to, to the COVID-19. I mean, you lose, you know, real pillars that you're trying to build a defense upon, knowing full well that they were going to be challenged at corner and wide receiver, and then you're without two wide receivers for much of training camp. You know, I mean, it's just going to be hard to evaluate Sam. I remember watching him his rookie year, Jason, when he he went up into Chicago against the Bears. They were they led the league in takeaways that year, and you know, I mean, Vic Fangio. He just had a monster year, Khalil Mack. And they literally, the receivers they had on the roster were all hurt. And he was throwing to literally practice squad guys and guys off the street at that point. That was halfway through the season. And it seems like it's been like you described, going back to 2018, it's been like that nonstop. And, you know, this is in some cases like a Patrick Mahomes this year, Deshaun Watson probably pretty soon. A lot of these teams are making these decisions on these quarterbacks. In their third years. And you can't – it's just – it's it's a complete incomplete at this point. And I don't I don't have any high expectations for how the Jets are going to start this season against Buffalo and San Francisco. Two, thing, two teams that – I mean, everybody feels are playoff teams. I, to, if they're off to an 0-2 start and Denzel Mims is just getting onto the field and they're just getting him up to full speed, I mean, it's – you can't you can't play catch up in this league uh, during the season. You just can't. There's just, I mean, Bill Parcells used to say it all the time, Jason, and I know it's not like this when Bill coached, but you would have as many padded practices in preseason back in those golden years yeah. that you would have the rest of the season combined. Right. And, and and not that you, you, you it's like that anymore, but the the emphasis is between the walkthroughs, the practices, the meeting time. 
you meet and do that more in a you know in a condensed month period than you probably will the rest of the season combined right now. Well, we'll transition to the Giants in a minute, but we'll, finally with the Jets, Baldy, that that does make me think that maybe just maybe, given that landscape we've laid out, that they. If you're in this situation where the the pass pro might be a little shaky and guys haven't had time to gel and you don't know how many receivers you can trust, why wouldn't you throw the ball 12 times a game to Le'Veon Bell? You know what I mean? Like, get him out in space, get him in a matchup, see if he can beat a linebacker and pick up a first down. Like, I keep it simple, stupid, right? Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get... If you look at, say, just Christian McCaffrey, he was on a terrible team last year. You know, he had a phenomenal year. He, yes. he never gets hurt. He never gets tired. He caught over 100 passes last year. I mean, you can throw it to these guys. They're not going to change the game. It's not going to change wins and losses in my mind. You, you know, Levian's capable of catching 100 passes. I don't know, unless you can pick up chunk plays, you know, with any regularity, um, that you can really – are you going to score that many more points? I mean, they, they had Kyle Allen last year – you know, coming in is basically a first-year quarterback. I mean, he, he checked it down to, you know, he checked it down to Christian McCaffrey, caught a ton of passes underneath. They let him catch it. They tackled him. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, they they end up picking really high in the draft as a result. So, I mean, yeah, you could throw it to him 12 times. I don't know that it's going to change the outcome of these games. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a long year for the Jets. And, look, I think it's going to be a long year for the Giants as well. They have been in the news a little bit this past week. Uh Bringing in Logan Ryan, I, th- I think Logan Ryan's a good player. Um, I-, I think Logan Ryan would be the kind of guy who would really help a winning team. If, if you're a competitive team and you've got a pretty good secondary and you're looking for one more guy, I get it. I'm just not sure, given how bleak things are there, Baldy, um, you know, where they lose McKinney and they didn't have a great cast to begin with. I'm not sure how much one man's going to make a difference. Although, hey, if you know you want to spend some money and try to well, get better, I'm all for it. But I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. But here's what I don't understand, Jason. I'm all for them signing Logan Ryan. He's better than what they have on the roster. Right. Probably he's probably their number one corner. Yeah. Um, but you know, James Bradbury, I think, is a number two. He, he was his own corner in Carolina. I mean, I, I know what Patrick Graham wants to do. I don't think he has the players to do what they did in New England. Mm-hmm. You know, but 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 that being said, you knew that once DeAndre Baker's troubles blew up, and once Sam Beal, um, you know, isn't coming back, like they needed a corner. Like, why did they wait this long right. to go get a corner? You know, you had Corey Ballantyne. You know, you had a couple players there, but they they needed a corner. Why would you wait until your training camp is over to sign them? Like, what were they waiting for? I mean, get him. They should have gotten him in there as soon as they knew DeAndre Baker and Beal weren't going to be right. there. Right, especially with such a limited amount of time to to ramp up for the season. No, I'm 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 totally with you there, Baldy. Um, we talked a little bit about rookie head coach Joe Judge when we did our NFC previews, and I think we were on the same page then. I I, I do have to chuckle a little bit, Baldy, for a guy who is all about the team first ethos and no names on the back of the jerseys and all that. He certainly has become the face of the franchise. The tabloids can't get enough of him. Um, he makes for good fodder. They're practicing in the mud. You know, it's yeah. just it's a little ironic to me where, like, it's supposed to be all about team versus individual. 
it seems like the narratives have all become Joe Judge, Joe Judge, Joe Judge. And it's in part because Joe Judge keeps doing things that naturally the media are going to pick up on. Well, um, I think there's there's you, there's your point that you just made, Jason, about, you know, is it all about team? And then there's, you know what, let's just have one voice. Let's have one voice. I mean, I haven't heard Dave Gettleman. Maybe you have. I haven't no, heard it's true. Dave right. Gettleman this entire time. I, I've heard from Joe Judge. I haven't really heard from Jason Garrett. I mean, or Patrick Graham. I hear him on the practice field. But I, I kind of, you know, these guys all want to be, I'm not saying he wants to be Bill Belichick. But, you know, if you've been around Nick and you've been around Bill, uh, Nick Saban and yep. Bill Belichick, you have, you've seen organizations with one voice and one voice only. And I, I just think he believes in that, and that's what you're going to get from the Giants. And if he plays a little bit with the media and he gives them a little bit, then and he keeps them satiated and a little bit happy, then he'll think like he can just keep them at arms bay and we can just get to right. work. So I think that's the philosophy right now. Yeah, I, I will be very interested to see how many wins these two teams combine for. There's probably a parlay or some kind of exotic <laughs> teaser out there in Vegas about yeah. number of wins from the two big Apple teams. I think the team in Western New York will be just fine. I I, I wonder about the other two. Well, Baldy, yeah, what was, a- was the, when they played last year, Jason? I don't have it in front of me, but what was the combined record when the Jets and Giants played a year ago? Couldn't have been, they were like the, yeah. into the ninth yeah. or tenth week of the season. Yeah. And I think both teams had abysmal records. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they've they've both got a ways to go. Um, it's funny, Baldy, we're, we're at an era in the evolution of the modern passing game where running backs are largely uh, considered a dime or dozen. Yet, man, I feel like I've been writing and talking a lot about running backs. This week, we, we, we've had a, a flurry of activity from Leonard Fournette getting cut clearing waivers, and as we speak right now, not having a market. Uh, we've got Joe Mixon signing a, a four-year, $48 million extension. And we've got uh, Alvin Kamara and the Saints in a bit of a, um, I don't know, a little game of chicken going on there, yeah. I guess. We'll start in Jacksonville. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we could do a podcast every week on, on Jacksonville and what's going on there. Um I get them moving on from them. I just don't know, Baldy, if it's all about trying to put these guys in a rearview mirror who have been problems, who have clashed with Tony Khan and clashed with Coughlin, who's not there anymore but seems to still get blamed for everything, and clashed with Marone. Like, if we want to move on and we're going to be a different organization now and we're going to be more player-friendly and we're going to try to end this BS, I don't know that the coach needs to come out at the press conference when they when they fired the guy talking about how we couldn't give him away. Like when he clears waivers, it's going to be obvious you couldn't give him away. I just don't know why you do that. And now you've got Jalen Ramsey and Ngakwe and and you know Fowler and all these guys who left on bad terms saying, "See, they did it to him too." I, I just yeah. can't figure him out, Baldy. Well, what I don't, what I can't figure out. I mean, I, I've known Doug Marone a long time. I personally like Doug. But nothing he said the other day made sense to me. No. I mean, I know what Doug's philosophy is. He wants to punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's what basically Leonard Fournette did for him last year on a bad team yeah. with a rookie quarterback. He, he had his best season. He started 15 games. He caught 75 passes last year. You know, fourth most by any running back in the league. He had his most productive season. Like, it's not like they have a – you know, a stable of backs 
that they think can go to right now. They didn't get better because of this move. And so all it does is play into you know, the, the same thing that we've heard from all these other guys. Like this organization doesn't know what they're doing. Like to just give them away like that didn't make any – they didn't get better. No. Don't tell me that Rock Armstead <laughs> is, is going to be better than, you know, Leonard Fournette right now or anybody else they have on that roster. They're not. And so, I, like, I understand if if you could get value for Leonard Fournette then and, and if there was a, t- a group of teams that were takers, then you might consider – like, they got at least some value for, for you know, for Yannick Ngakwe. Um they, Well, they got a second and maybe a fifth, and, and yeah. it could go higher, I guess, yeah. um, you know, depending on Pro Bowl and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, I think he was a third-round pick. They, they got more than what he came into the league for. So it wasn't like they gave him away, but you're giving Fournette away and you don't have his replacement on the roster. Like I just, you know, to say Chris Thompson is a replacement, he's a third down back right. that it, that Jay Gruden trusts and knows, which yeah, is had fine. him in Washington. Yeah. But, you know, he's had trouble staying healthy every year in Washington. So yeah. I, I just don't see the move making any sense to me. Well, and, and they're acting like they're not, tanking and they're 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 really bristling at people bringing up the finances but it certainly looks financial right like it seems like rather than let him play a few weeks maybe show well in this offense and try to get something for him as guys get hurt they're trying to fire him for calls keep the four million dollars they didn't you know and Gakway they never got close on uh Ramsey didn't even want to entertain an extension there it it certainly seems like they're trying to strip it down to the threads pocket as much as they can in a pandemic and see what 2020 brings. Um, I don't know any other way to read it, Baldy. Go look at what they're paying their offense. It's it's bare bones that the only two guys yeah. they're paying are offensive linemen who, if they could get anybody to, you know, if they could trade those guys for anything, they would just save money. I think they would do that too. I mean, but their yeah, skill Andrew position Norwell, group, it's a joke. Nor- Nor- Norwell was a big free agent yeah. signing from Carolina. He got a big check. Um, you know, but what it, Look, you can say it's a philosophical thing. Jay Gruden just coached Adrian Peterson for two years. I mean, he was probably their best offensive player the last two years with what with the injuries they had and the changes. He was probably the most dependable player. I mean, you, like that he ran, you know, he, he sure looked fine in the offense that Jay Gruden was running. I mean, he couldn't keep anybody else healthy. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know how what they did made any sense. You know, and, and I know they, they owe Fournette $4 million, but you're saving $4 million from what? Like, right, you're not they, paying they, anybody they anyway. You're right, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad look. And I, I'll just say it certainly has people in league circles wondering about what what really the end game is there because Shad Khan's made some comments recently about the lack of development at downtown Jacksonville and not enough hotels and not enough great restaurants. And that was before the pandemic. So, I, I mean, look what's happened to the hotel and service industry since. I, I, I'd be fascinated to see what the long play ends up being. Well, he does there. have a, he does keep a yacht right there in the river Thames. Doesn't he? Right. Uh, yeah. He, he owns Fulham who are back in the premiership, yeah. I believe, and up from the championship. So that talk's not going to go any, away anytime soon. Fish and chips, mate. Uh, good news in Cincinnati. I, I, I look, I, I think Baldy that Joe Mixon has a chance to be the AFC's version of Christian McCaffrey. I think, you know, you have to look at all these situations for what they are. And I get not paying some backs sometimes, even special ones. But you look at that operation um, with how much they've got invested in that 
quarterback and with an offensive line that they're still very much a work in progress. Um, I, I think Joe Mixon's going to be uh, Joe Burrow's best friend for a couple of years as he gets his feet under him and as they add to that offensive line and protect him a little better. Uh, I think this guy is going to see a ton of the ball, even with even if an A.J. Green is healthy and yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and to me, he was a foundational piece of their rebuild and good for them for getting it done. Well, they, you know, obviously when they drafted him in that 2017 draft that we're talking about all these backs from 2017, yeah. from yeah. to McCaffrey to Kamara to Mixon. I mean, they had to take, you know, a real hit with the things that happened to him in Oklahoma. Yes. But, you know, they've gotten through that, and, and, and to his credit, uh, from the outside looking in, uh, he's been pretty much a model citizen. I've talked to him a couple times. He's a big, strong back. He's probably their best player. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from A.J. Green. Yeah. Uh, but he's probably their best player and most dependable player right now. And, look, I, you know, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess Carolina felt like they had to pay McCaffrey this year. Like, I, I would make it. If I was drafting running backs in the first round, Jason, I would not change their contracts until they played their fourth season. Like, I just wouldn't do it after a third year. As good as McCaffrey has been, he started 48 straight games for him. As as good as he's been, as productive as he's been, at that position, I just wouldn't feel a need to pony up after the third season to pay these guys. I mean, that's why Kamara's, you know, basically sitting out and right. ask for more. He saw what McCaffrey's got. And I'm sure that Mix's agent went in there to Cincinnati as soon as McCaffrey got paid yes. and said, look what I'm doing on a, on a team that's, you know, probably on par with what Carolina is at right now. And so, you know, but, but once one guy does it, it, it gives the, the, the agents, the other guys, a lot of leverage. But, I, but that being said, I think Cincinnati, if they can put this offensive line together finally, They've been trying to do it for four years between changing offensive line coaches, changing head coaches, changing systems. If they can put some of it together and give Mixon a little bit more than what he had a year ago, then I think they got a really, I mean, regardless, I think they have a good player. I mean, he he makes yards even when there's nothing there and he's tough as could be. And he's been pretty durable. And that brings us to the, I don't know, the dangling participle still in this conversation, which is New Orleans and and Alvin Kamara and how that gets worked out. Here's what I know of the situation as we speak. Um, This is not a guy they're marketing all over the place. This is not a guy they feel motivated to sell on or that they have to move on from. Um, However, Babe Ruth got traded. Wayne Gretzky got traded. You know, Odell Beckham got traded not that long ago. People do get traded and and no one is necessarily untouchable. And they've had a very productive run game there going back um, over a multitude of backs. Uh, Mm. And they feel like that, um, you know, when Latavius Murray's in there, they're all right. Like they, they not that he's Alvin Kamara, but with as much money as they have invested in that team, which is a very different scenario than the Bengals or the Panthers, when you're looking at asset allocation and spending and actual payroll dollars, you probably have to draw a line somewhere. And that line is between Mixon and McCaffrey. And I can understand the player saying, I want what Christian got. Um, He has every right to ask for that, but I don't see them going there. And if they can't split the difference here at some point, in the next few weeks, then could he be moved before the deadline? I guess so. 
Um, yeah. I don't think it's highly likely, though, Baldy, given they're going to want significant return for him, a one-plus, and then the other team still has to pay him. Yeah, well, I think they the worked thing. this I, out, but... I, 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 I know how Sean Payton feels about Alvin Kamara. Like, that draft changed the whole team. Sure. Like, that draft with, you know, with Ryan Ramchek and, uh, you know, and... Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, they went from three straight six and ten seasons to being, you know, in the playoffs for three straight years. I mean, that draft changed the whole team. And there are days... Now, Camaro was the first time he ever got banged up. But prior to last year, he basically averaged a touchdown a game, including the postseason. Uh, he was on record pace in that department. Uh, there, there are days when literally he, Sean Payton has Camara and Michael Thomas line up on the same side, and nobody can figure out yeah. how one of those two guys isn't getting the ball. I mean, they go up and down the field just throwing it to those yeah. two guys. And I know how Sean Payton feels about Camara. He's – He's almost like, ha, 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 I got him and you don't. Right. Screw you. I found him. You know, because – but I think to if I was New Orleans, I'd say to him, look, Breeze is not going to be here next year. The cap's going to change. Our cap situation is going to change. Next year can be the year where we can – you you will satiate you this year. We'll give you some, you know, some – some kind of bonus mm-hmm. this year, but next year without the quarterback taking up a big chunk of our change, we can, we can structure a real deal. You know, the way McCaffrey got, I, I don't know that he would go for that because everybody wants to guarantee money. Right. But I, you got to look at what Drew Brees is making, how much of the salary cap he is responsible for, and he's not going to be there next year. So right. I think things could change a great deal. And if he's not there, whether it's James Winston or whoever's been playing quarterback for him next year, um, it'd be nice to have Kamara in the backfield or in the slot where you could get the ball to him. Yeah, and if it is this Taysom Hill thing, then I think all the more reason that you're going to need somebody special in the backfield with him to play off that athleticism and you know run whatever sort of variation of this offense they run. I, I still tend to think this thing gets worked out. Um, and sometimes, you know, you know, Baldy, sometimes it's got to get a little messy to get done, right? Like sometimes you got to kind of play a few games in the media, rattle chains a little bit before you get to the end game. I'll tell you a quick story, Jason, in that regard. Sterling Sharp was the best player for the Green Bay Packers when Mike Holmgren came in. And they said they were going to redo his deal, redo his deal, redo his deal, and they didn't. They said, come to camp, we'll redo, redo the deal. So Sterling goes out there and does what he does. He's just, you know, a man amongst boys out there and, you know, dominant training camp. And their first game was on the road. So they, uh, they're all, you know, leaving from the facility to go across the street, basically to the airport. And Sterling walks into Mike Holmgren's office and he said, Hey coach, have a good trip. I hope you guys can pull out, pull out the victory. And Mike's like, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, I'm not making the trip coach. You know, I, I did everything I was supposed to do and I don't have a deal. So uh, I just wish you all the best of luck. I like what you're doing here, Coach, but you're, you're going to do it without me. And Mike, like, was speechless, went in there to Teddy Thompson, whoever was the right, general right. manager at the time, and literally they got the deal done before game time right. the next day. Right. So, yeah, sometimes you have to get to the very end of the 11th hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we may have a little more closure on that situation, even by the time we tape next week, which will be, Baldy, when we do this again next week, 
we will at that point be mere hours from the kickoff of the 2020 NFL season, which I know we both well, are crazy fired up about. I Yeah, I am. I, I really am. And I got to tell you, I, I, I watched this short video yesterday of Patrick Mahomes looking at the Super oh, Bowl yeah. ring. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't we all wish that we could look at some object the way that he looked at that ring? He, he, I never seen. I know he had his mask on, but he's on the field oh. there, and you could see him grinning yes. from ear to ear at that ring. And I, I could just in his head, if I could get inside there, he goes, "Man, I can't wait to get my second mm-hmm. one." You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's you. You know, he's not thinking about anything else but getting to the second one. Yeah, he was he was transfixed by that hardware. There's no doubt yeah. about it. He was he was he he loves him some Super Bowl rings, and I, I'm with you. I, I think the, it's not a question of does he get more. It's a question of how many more yeah. does he get, and that's something we can certainly kick around uh, next week. I am sure we will preview a little bit the the Thursday night game, and heck, we'll have a whole slate of games over the weekend um, to talk about as well and preview. Well- you know, Jason, the, the, the league doesn't always get everything right, obviously. But I believe, you know, before this, you know, knowing this pandemic and how it's affected everybody, to put Houston and Kansas City together after the playoff game yeah. that we saw uh, and those two quarterbacks on the field, um, you know, the football around the league might not be very good in September, but we'll be transfixed watching Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes go at it uh, next Thursday night. No doubt about it. And, and I mean, Baldy, again, before we do go here, hats off to the league, to the union, to the players, to the coaches, to the agents, to everybody who collectively has allowed this league to reach a point where the COVID numbers are so low. The number of, of confirmed positive tests are so low. We haven't seen any sort of spread to this point. And no one knows what the future holds. And when teams start traveling and playing every week, who knows? But I am absolutely blown away by how collectively they have dealt with this to this point. I am too. And I got to tell you, Jason, the the biggest, you, you, you know, coaches are important, but peer pressure inside locker rooms basically shape teams. And I believe right now that the peer pressure to do the right thing, to practice safe distancing when you leave the facility. All those things. Will, now, I'm not saying that they're all going to be angels, and we may see some flurries along the way, but I believe that peer pressure to not be the guy to screw this up right now might be the greatest peer pressure we've ever seen. It's a great point, and and to this point, it's it's working. I mean, Tuesday, I was at an event here in Baltimore, um, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, Bradley Bozeman, they're starting left yeah. guard. Uh, they were doing a lot of work in schools, anti-bullying. Well, you can't go in schools anymore. So how do we help kids? Okay, we're going to feed kids. We're going to do a food, you know, we're going to do a food drive every two weeks at this big mega church here in Baltimore. Um, They fed, I don't know, 500 families probably on Tuesday. But Brad and Nikki weren't there because, you know, the NFL saying we don't want you around groups of more than 10 people. Don't expose yourself to anybody who you're not sure of their status at any given time. So, you know, they're they're getting updates of this these lines of cars, 100 deep um, at this event that they're throwing that they can't be there as much as they want to because, right, it's about this higher thing of let's get through this as as an entity this year. And then 2021, we can get back to serving our communities the way we normally would. We can be there financially. We can be there with time behind the scenes. 
but we can't go there, you know, God forbid, even with a mask, something happens. And I think it's just one more little portal into where these guys' minds are and 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 how they are um, doing the right thing and going above and beyond what we've seen in some other industries. So hats off to them. We are going to be kicking off the NFL season next week. We will be back next Wednesday. Just a quick reminder, as always, if you like what we're doing, let us know. Subscribe, rate, review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can check Baldy out on Twitter all through the week. He breaks it down like nobody else with the X's and O's at Baldy NFL. I'm at Jason Lockett for we hope you're at having a great week and we will talk to you again next Wednesday. Thank you.